Time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's Knows Home Improvement. Well, who's excited? We got football to talk about. We got Boomer at the 75th anniversary of the 83 Maryland Turpins this weekend. Who's pumped up? Boomer, how are you? Not the 75th, man. It's the 40th. I mean, you're killing me. Like last week, you know, you made me older than I am. And then again today, this week. It's amazing. Uh, But it's great to see you. I know there was a lot of things going on out there in the Michigan area this week. I'm sure you've been knee-deep in the college football as well as your Detroit Lions not making a key trade. And then, of course, last night we had your typical primetime Heinz Field-Pittsburgh Steeler football game. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Let's go two ways on this. I mean, the Steelers, they're 5-3. and three. They're the first team in history to have a winning record through eight games, being outgained in every game. So my question to you is how? Well, how? they muck it up, as they like to say on the NFL today on Sunday, and nobody uh, mucks it up better than Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada. And, you know, their offense is just it's, – it's a run-first offense. Their, their defense is a opportunistic defense. And, you know, they make plays um, – I think when they win, you know, they make these plays in these tight games, late in games, both on offense and defense, that end up winning games for them. So give them credit for that. I don't think anybody thinks that they are going to be a serious threat in the playoffs, but I think if you have to play them somewhere along the way here during the regular season, it's going to be a knockdown, dragout fight. That's just the way they play. they, They remind me a little bit of the Giants last year. You know, and I'm not saying they're going to go to the playoffs and win a playoff game, but it's how they do it. You know, you're just like, how have we not gotten rid of this team? We have more yards than this team. Run first. And look, Boomer, it's another thing, and I know you and I have joked about it over the last year and a half. I don't pay running backs, and I don't take running backs high. Case in point, Jalen Warren's the best running back on their team. It's not Najee Harris. Jalen Warren's a revelation. And they got him, you know, in the discount DVD bin. Yeah, but you know know what's really important, though, Mike, is that they have two of them. And yeah, one, uh, Najee Harris, I think, had 16 carries Thursday night. Jalen Warren had 11 carries. Yep. You know, that is almost perfect for an NFL running back room. That's exactly what you want. So uh, they, they do. They, found, they, they drafted one, and then they found one. And so they're in the perfect spot from a running back situation. Hey, real quick, your thoughts on Levis after two weeks. I like some things I've seen, but I want your thoughts. Well, the eye test for us as uh, football fans, just watching him, it looks like he belongs. He looks like he's big. Uh, he certainly has the arm strength to do it. Um, the question will be leadership and respect from his teammates within the building. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm pretty impressed so far. I'm not, I, he was not overwhelmed at all last week. And quite frankly, this is a short week. It's the Steeler 34 defense where your pass protections change uh, immensely. And he had a short week of preparation. And I thought he actually played reasonably well last night. He did. All right, let's hit the rundown. We got a lot to break down, the deadline and more. Let's hit it. The NFL Rundown. All right, Booms, we're going to try to cover the teams that made moves, some puzzling, some not, a couple teams didn't. Let's start out right at home base where you're at, Giants deadline. They trade Leonard Williams. They pick up some of the freight, big postage stamp there. They get the second-round pick. Here's my question. You trade Leonard. 
How do you not trade Saquon? And what the heck happened with this Adoree Jackson deal? Somebody didn't turn in their card on time? No, that was What do you a, make of the Giants' deadline? All right. The, the deadline for the Giants, I thought, was smart uh, by Joe Shane. He went to uh, Leonard Williams before the trade was consummated and basically said, look, look at where you are in your career. Here's who's interested in you. We are not shopping you, but teams have called on our on your behalf. And he, and he let Leonard make the decision for him. And Leonard went and spoke with his agent and said, yeah, I'd love to go to Seattle, and that would be the place to go. And I think Joe Shane getting some assets back, uh, if you know, even better than if he would have let him go to free agency, he would have got a compensatory pick most likely back, but not as much as he got back in this trade. So that's the thing you always got to keep in the back of your mind. The Adoree Jackson thing was a total fake. Uh, John Lynch refuted everything about it, said it was from a okay. fake account. And then when you look into the account that put it out there on X, you realize that it's a parody account. And it's it's nothing but taking swipes at the Giants. So, uh, what a world we live nothing. in, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Isn't that it's, nice? it's unfortunate. But I do think you know Seattle did a good job with Leonard Williams. He was nothing they but did. a good, solid player for the Giants. Yeah, now, Saquon. Surprised that there was not more smoke? Surprised they said, hey, he's the face of the franchise? I just don't get it. No, I'm not surprised. I think John Mara and the Mara family love Saquon Barkley. Um, I think that if they could have paid him more, they would have paid him more. That's how much they think of this young man. I think he's everything that they want a giant football player to be. I think they feel that same way about Daniel Jones, too, by the way. Um, And I think it's one of the reasons why they gave the money to Daniel and why they did not want to let go of Saquon Barkley. See, and and look, I, I don't want to be the bad guy about it, but this is where I don't – there's feelings and then there's business. And this is part of my issue. It's like they're doubling and tripling down on the mistake. Like Saquon does not have value to this team. It's a rebuild. You can't pay your running back 15, 14, 13 million. You can't do it. And if somebody was offering me a third-round pick for Saquon, I would have taken it and ran. But uh, that's fine. If they have people they like there, God bless. They but also, remember, too, if they let him walk next year and they don't put the tag on him, which they can do, but if they let him walk, there could be a compensatory pick coming right. back a their way. a year down the line. Of course. But I'm still, they'll get immediate. something for him. They're not just going to lose yes. him outright. Niners, Chase Young, discuss. I like it. I, I like, uh, I like uh, you know, teaming him with Nick Bosa and that defensive line out there. And the reason I like it is because I think – the things that were going against him in Washington, where he was, according to all reports out of Washington, kind of freelancing on the field and not doing what he was supposed to do, he will now be reunited with a you know an Ohio State great in Nick Bosa, he himself an Ohio State great, uh, great in Chase Young, and he will conform to what this defense is trying to do. So I think it was great what the 49ers did, but it also tells me that the commanders, with trading both Montez Sweat and Chase Young, are now completely looking to the future and there will be a new general manager and a new coach in there most likely next year. Well, you mentioned it, Montez Sweat. It's a guy I talked about a lot. I I wanted the Lions to take a look there. I wanted the Lions to do something, but he ends up going in the division to the Bears. This is the second year in a row the Bears have given up second-round compensation. Help me understand what the Bears are doing here. I know they're going to try to sign him, but what – what are you doing? That's exactly what they're doing is they're going to try to get him in the building and they're going to try to sign him to a long-term contract as they believe that he is just hit. He's starting to hit his, you know, his prime as a pass rusher and they want him to be part of the defensive line going forward. Interesting what's going to happen with the Bears here because, you know, Tyson Bajan's going to start for them again this third start in a, in a row. I think internally the Bears have got to be thinking – that they're going to have two very high draft picks. One is going to be a quarterback, and I wouldn't be surprised if the other one is either a wide receiver, a, a, a tackle, or a defensive lineman. 
and that's going to set them forward to the future, and they'll probably move on from Justin Fields. That's what it feels like to me. So overall, who won the deadline in your mind? I think San Francisco did. I think Seattle did. Uh, those yeah. two guys acquiring players that are ready to rock and roll right now. San Francisco's on a bye. They're one of four teams on a bye this week. The 49ers, Jags, Lions, and Broncos are all on buys. So it'll give Chase Young a chance to get familiar with the team, what's going on there, get his stuff there, get situated there. So I think I thought the, I thought the 49ers adding Chase Young is going to make that defense even more difficult to deal with. Yeah, and, they, and you know what? It's funny, Boomer, when you, you dig into the data – it even surprised me. I didn't realize just how bad their pass rush had been through the first half of the season. So it, it wasn't this typical, hey, luxury item, just strength on strength. No, they actually need Chase Young. Like, they need the help because they're bottom third in just about every stat as it would pertain to pass rush, pressures, sacks, hits, you name it. So they needed to do it, uh, and John Lynch seemingly always does. All right, let's get to the weekly malpractice, I have to ask. I, I just <laughs> – I, I, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. My dad needs you to help me. All of it. Brian Dayball, fourth and one on the 17. What are we doing kicking a field goal here? Where's the cigar smoking, bleep talking, gambler? Well, help me. That was cowardice. Boomer, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Well, all right, so we find out after the game that Graham Gano has a problem with his plant leg and his knee, and now he's going to be on IR as he's going to have knee surgery. They signed Randy Bullock to uh, replace him on the roster. You know, I thought given the uh, extreme circumstances of the game last week, how poorly both offenses were playing, uh, the fact that your defense has played really two outstanding games in a row, that kicking the field goal at that point gives them a six-point lead. They have to kick off. And there's no way that Zach Wilson is leading the Jets to a touchdown. So I I totally understood it. Now, if this was going to be like a 56-yard field goal or a 60-yard field goal, that would have been a totally different set of circumstances. But this is basically, you know, you're giving them the ball, what, at the 32 or whatever it was. And you were thinking, okay, there's not enough time. They don't have any timeouts left. And I thought he played the really win the football game. And I know that it's easy for us after the fact to say that he was chicken and he didn't go after it and – Man, he was playing with a third-string quarterback that he didn't trust. The weather was horrendous. And okay, but in the same breath, Boomer, you're right, you're right with what you're saying, but they were they ran the ball with a level of effectiveness. You're right, the weather wasn't great. And your kicker's battling through a few things. It's three feet. You know, we can't sit – Yeah, I'm but you're assuming you. that I'm, they're going to make it. You're assuming that right. they're going to make it, but I'm, I'm telling well, my you point that they, is, there's a very good chance that they're not going to make it. Right, and, and my thing is you can't, and not you, I'm saying people in general, you can't talk about the value of Saquon Barkley and how we got to keep him, we got to pay him. And then with the game on the line, you're not either using him or using him as a hard play, a little bootleg fake something. I, I just – With that, with Tommy DeVito. Can't. Can't do it. Look, hey, listen, I don't care if it's Tommy DeVito or Danny DeVito. You're an <laughs> NFL quarterback. I need you to it's, – it's, it's game time. You're on a roster. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be unfair. I, I know, Need I know, you. Mike. I know, and you sound and little, literally, you sounded like everybody that called into the radio station in I New know. York this I'm week. Perturbed. You sound the same, the same way. Now, this is going to like help me a little bit later on in the show when we talk about the Giants visiting the Raiders this week and what's going on with the Raiders. Why I think it's important for the Giants to come out and win the game against the Raiders this week is because of what happened in this particular game and how this situation yep. unfolded. We'll go to the Raiders. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, again, uh, it, it's unbelievable, the dysfunction. 
you go, you got. <laughs> first of all, hiring Josh McDaniels, you should be relieved of your duties owning a team. But second of all, they lose Monday night. They do nothing on the trade deadline. You get reports they ghosted teams. And then in the middle of the night, Mark Davis wakes up and goes, ah, I'm going to blast everybody out. Oh, we're benching Jimmy G. Take me through what you're hearing in Vegas. Here. Well, you know, first of all, Mark Davis is an embarrassment as an owner. I mean, you know, just some of the things that you see going on during games, his reaction in his suite and and him MFing his head coach and his decision-making makes me wonder who the hell would want to go out there and coach that team. Seems like it would be a really sexy and exciting thing to do, but when you, you, you're dealing with an owner that seems and comes off as dysfunctional as they are, uh, it's amazing to me. I don't know. You hire Josh McDaniels because you admire the Patriots and the Patriot way, and then you get right. him in the building, and then you don't like the Patriot way, and then you want to fire him with four years left in his contract while you're still paying John Gruden. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a partner of that team, I'm like, what, what are we doing? We're just giving money away now? I mean, well, so, and they're not they're not one of the wealthier organizations either. Well, I, they yeah. are they are now. They're worth a hell of a lot more than they were when they were in Oakland. I can tell you that they're well. That yes, they're, I agree. They're, I'm just saying he work, is yes. viewed as you know he this this is not one of the more higher end ops. I, I just so what do you do? Well, what the uh, hell do you do? This reminds me of what happened in Indianapolis last year. So they they basically tell Frank Reich at three three and one that you have to bench. Um, you know, Matt Ryan. We're not winning with Matt. What? Wait, wait, with three, three, and one. No, you got to bench Matt Ryan and you got to play Sam Ellinger. What? Yeah, Oops. you got to play Sam Ellinger. So let's go play Sam Ellinger. We lose two games. Guess who gets fired? The coach gets fired. Then guess what? They hired Jeff Saturday as a head coach. Now, I will say this is completely different with Antonio Pierce because he's earned the right to be the head coach of the Raiders. He's paid his dues. He he worked in college. He was a coach sure. in the NFL and he was the next best guy for Mark Davis to pluck out and make him uh, uh the head man. So I appreciate the opportunity that he's given to Antonio Pierce and I actually like Antonio Pierce and I think he's saying all the right things at this point. But, you know, they're telling him you got to play Aiden O'Connell. That's who you're playing as your quarterback, a rookie. So that also tells me that this guy has got his eye on the draft next year. It just like the Indianapolis Colts had their eye on the draft this year. And what did the Indianapolis Colts do with the fifth overall pick? They took Anthony Richardson. And the Colts fans got all excited about that. I think that's exactly what Mark Davis is doing with the Raiders right now, getting them in position to be able to take maybe one of the top four quarterbacks in next year's draft. So about 60 seconds. I need your concern level on the Niners. Losers are three straight. I know the injuries are mounting. Yeah, I know we differ on Purdy, but what – where are you at with the Niners? Well, you, know, you, you know, think they're on a buy. Showing here? I think they needed a buy. I think they needed it in a worse way. I think they're a great team. I think they'll bounce back. All teams go through some sort of adversity and then come out of it. And the Bengals went through it the first four or five weeks of the season, and they played their best game last week against those 49ers. I think when the 49ers come out of their buy and they add Chase Young, I think that team is going to be ready to rock and roll, and, and I'm not going to be surprised when they're in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, and again, I think they're built in a way when they're right. They don't need home field to do exactly what you're talking about. Because, look, these losses have mounted. Philly's got a little bit of a cushion. But the way they're built, yeah, they can go to Philly and they can win a game if they have a quarterback. Or Detroit. Last year's result. Right. Yeah, yeah, the Lions, you know what, we can we can save it. Lions really disappointed me. I, I, they really needed to make a move. And I, I the amount of edge rushers that were out there, I – we can save it because I know we got other business yeah. to attend to. Maybe we'll get back to it. I was really bummed by that. Lions are good, but you got to keep up with the Joneses, and they didn't do that. So 
Bummer. But, um, look, there's a lot of football left. Who the hell knows? So we'll get to it. We'll get to the picks. I have a PSA for people. Let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequila, the Reposado, Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. Casamigos reminds you to please celebrate responsibly.